Welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and your co-host, Krista Hope. Hi there, and welcome to Making Sense of Mindfulness with Keith McPherson and myself, Krista Hope. Keith, just checking, can you hear me? I sure can. Okay, good. We we having a little technical difficulties, so I wanted to make sure I was talking live. So, yeah, welcome. This is the inaugural show of Making Sense of Mindfulness, and uh, I'm really excited for you to get to know Keith as he's a mindfulness coach and author. He has a book coming out. Um, he has a wealth of information, and I'm really excited for you guys to bring your questions and to get to have really great conversations here. Uh, we're hoping to make this a weekly show, so we'll see where this goes. But we're uh, we're excited that you're here and, and looking forward to hearing from you. Keith, welcome. Thanks, Krista. I'm so over here bursting with excitement about this show. And um, thank you for agreeing to be the co-host on it as well. For those of you that uh, don't know Krista, Actually, I just met Krista a few months ago um, through some coach training myself. And um, Krista, in her own right, is an incredible coach and leader and just awesome to be sharing this uh, this time and this space with you. Awesome. I'm so excited to be here. This is, this is just fun. It's fun to get to talk to you. It is. It is, for sure. Um, this week, I was. it's interesting preparing for this show and thinking about what kind of theme or what can we talk about and fill in all this time that seems to be lots of time, but I have a feeling it's going to go by fast. I was, I was thinking about the theme of vulnerability and mm-hmm. um, what it means to be vulnerable. And it's interesting because, I mean, I get nervous before I go out and give talks or even before coaching sessions with people, I get a little bit of this butterfly feeling. But tonight in particular, I guess, making the statement that we're going to do this, this radio show and hope people call in and email questions. And I, I have a lot of butterflies going on right now and it feels quite vulnerable. <laughs> I don't know. Are you experiencing any of that over there on your end? Oh, no, I'm with you, Keith. I love it though. It's just, mm-hmm. it's real and um, super exciting. I'm, uh, I'm really excited of what, what you can contribute to people and to really make mindfulness accessible for everybody so yeah 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 awesome it's interesting you say Ah. mindfulness I was going to tell you a little bit about that that word I just as you know but maybe some of the listeners aren't aware I just finished writing my first book called making sense of mindfulness and um it's a pretty interesting topic because it's quite a buzzword in our culture you know people use this word quite freely these days and we we see the word mindfulness mm-hmm. printed on the front covers of magazines and people are talking about it. And what I've found in, in my research and in writing this book is when I actually was interviewing people and asking them, what does mindfulness mean to you? There was like so much misconception around this word. Um, people f- thought that this word actually meant like sitting down on a meditation cushion, taking deep breaths and tasting raisins which I thought, wow, that's an interesting perspective. How did that all come about? And um, further on in my research, I I found that it's interesting, but there is actually mindfulness practices of tasting raisins and tasting different kinds of foods and this whole idea of slowing down. Um, Mm. But it goes so much deeper than that, I found. And 
so it's just really interesting to, to, to talk about this idea of integrating mindfulness in a in as tangible a way as we can into our busy lives. So that's what this yeah. book's really all about. Yeah. Well, I'm I'm really excited to read it myself. And and uh, for those of you who don't know, the book is coming out in hard copy in April, but into stores we have to wait until November 20th. But Keith will have ways for us to get the book in April, I assume, right, Keith? Yeah, well, we're going to have hard copies. And this is the first time I've worked with a publisher, and I'm blown away by how long it takes to get a book from the beginning stages of writing it to the bookstores. It's like quite a process. But um, I can imagine. In April, for, in April for the um, – the people that are close to me and my network and stuff, I'll, I will have some hard copies finally available. Um, I did a talk back in May last year called Making Sense of Mindfulness uh, here in my hometown of Winnipeg, and we shot a, uh, a special for PBS all about the book, and I did a live lecture on the book. And that night I had this special offer that people could um, pre-order the book. And my thought was, the book would be ready by like June, like the following month. <laughs> We're <laughs> <Yeah>. still delayed because <laughs> of this whole publishing process. But um, so it builds a lot of anticipation. Yeah. I know we have to practice mindfulness just to get the mindfulness <laughs> book. <It's> so funny. <laughs> to get through with oh, the yeah. book. <laughs> yeah, that's And so right. where, where did the book come from for you, Keith? Well, it's so interesting you ask that because I have a practice every morning um, – Actually, now for the last probably five years, every morning I, I spend about two hours, uh, first thing when I get up, basically doing um, a sacred practice, uh, a mix of meditation, yoga, writing, um, some prayers, deep breathing, setting up my day. And yeah. about four years ago, um, I was writing one morning and all of a sudden, in my journal, I just realized that I had started writing this book and it was just being handwritten and it almost felt like something was taking over my hand. It was the strangest thing. Wow. Uh, if anybody's mm-hmm. ever had that experience before, it's quite surreal. And of course, as soon as I realized it was happening, um, what I call my monkey mind, that busy part of our mind mm-hmm. that can be quite critical at times came up and it just said, this is not a book. What are you talking about? No one's going to read your, your gibberish writing. And, um, but there was something deep in me that said, this is, no, this is really important. And it's, it feels like it's a universal voice that's writing itself here. And so, um, I made the commitment every day to just visit back this, this journal. And before too long, this work started writing itself. And I'd been given some talks on mindfulness and presenting some of my research and so the, the book just started flowing out of my hand, literally. And so that was the beginning. And um, mm-hmm. from there, I basically typed it all out. And um, I'm now working with this publisher, Morgan James Publishing, out of New York, which is going to help bring this to the world. And I'm just so excited because this book feels bigger than me in the sense that uh, in some ways, I, I have to say this might sound strange, but I don't even feel like I wrote the book. It kind of wow. wrote itself. Mm-hmm. I felt like a real, ch- I mean, one of the practices in the morning is um, I always say out loud this prayer from St. Francis of Assisi. And the first line of this prayer says, make me a channel of your peace. And it's this idea mm-hmm. of literally being a channel for 
that creative force that we're all connected to to come through and into this physical world. And whether we like it or not, we're constantly doing that. Um, I'm just blown away by it. I mean, the, the thoughts that we're thinking about in our mind that turn into words that eventually turn into ideas and then all of a sudden, boom, it's here. This is what we're constantly doing is creating. And the more I can get out of my own way, and whether it's letting my hand write or my guitar play or the words to come even right now on our show, it's yeah. incredible how we end up channeling this stuff into the world. So yeah. that's kind of a little bit about how that book came about. Yeah, I can really, it feels like, and um, it's interesting because I think the mindfulness industry seems to have gotten a lot of ego and, you know, because it's so in right now, there's a lot of people trying to capitalize and make money. But this sounds different. This sounds from a connected, not about you, not ego, um, just a beautiful place. And I'm sure when people read it, they'll, they'll feel that. Yeah, thanks. Well, it definitely does feel that way. I mean, I can't lie that there's definitely part of my ego that jumps in at times on this book and starts going, well, you wrote a book, you're going to be this best-selling author and everyone's going to read it. And um, I, part of the practice of mindfulness is to catch myself. And there's a real difference between like celebrating our success and our birthing these ideas into the world and then letting it take us over where it becomes this place of, mm-hmm. oh, I'm so great and look at me. It's, it's an interesting dance, but I'm really trying to stay in that place of truth and and vulnerability and really trying to remain a channel of just letting that creative force come through and speak to whoever needs to hear these words, you know, yeah, it's quite a, quite a journey. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's, that's the purpose of this show, right? I think this is a great place for you to bring that to more people. So I'm excited about that. Yeah, Speaking of that, also, I wanted to say like, um, we are, this is a live show Monday nights. And so, People are totally welcome to call in, and um, I'm completely open here to doing some some live coaching for anyone that is uh, sorting out stuff in their life or trying to get some clarity or needing a little kick in the pants. I'm, like, totally here to uh, to do some live coaching on this call as well. Awesome. And um, I'll give you the number for that if anybody wants to call in. It's area code 914 338 zero nine zero five um and we also keith we actually have a few emails from people that they've sent in prior to the show that knew that they couldn't make the show do you want to go do you want to go there you ready yeah let's let's definitely i'm ready to uh, answer some questions that came through for sure okay awesome So Sarah emailed saying, i'm struggling to stay motivated at work every morning i get up and i just don't want to be there what is going on? How can I overcome this? Hmm. Does it say where she lives right now? <laughs> it doesn't say where she lives. She, no, yeah, <laughs> I see what you're If asking. she lives in Winnipeg where <laughs> I live, Sarah, I can totally relate to you right now. It's uh, Winter Some Peg. people call her Winterpeg. That's right. Winterpeg, man, it's cold out. And, um, yeah, that's such a great question, Sarah, because I think a lot of people struggle with this. Uh, feeling, especially when we first wake up in the morning of, oh, just the daily grind, you know, that place of being on the hamster wheel and not feeling like we're making progress. And if we are making progress, it's for someone else's agenda. And um, 
oh, I wish it would have called in, but I know sometimes email is easier. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess what I could say here is my, my intuition is just screaming at me. Um, the beginning of the day is really the place to set up the rest of the day. And I find that taking, even if it's five minutes in the morning, first thing when you wake up, to not start thinking about all the things that are coming, but to, to really move into a place of gratitude, um, to take a few deep breaths before you even get out of bed and to even just start truly listening and, into, and thinking about all the things that you're grateful for. Um, I find that moving back into a state of gratitude and sometimes it can be tricky when your mind is, oh, another day on the, I got to go out and I don't really want to do this. But those kind of thoughts, like we were talking about earlier on in the program, um, set it up as reality. Um, if you were to think of yourself, Sarah, as a channel um, of creative energy, the, the thoughts that you're thinking about is really where this all begins. Um, in, in the book, the new book that's coming out, the first principle of making sense of mindfulness is to realize that everything begins as an inner dream. And so those thoughts that are going on in your head, especially first thing in the morning when you wake up, are like little inner dreams that are starting, like little seeds that are getting planted. And so if you're in a routine of waking up every morning going, oh, I hate my job, I hate my life, those are like little seeds getting planted in your, in your mental garden, and they eventually start growing into realities in, in your real life. So as, as cliche as this might sound, the beginning of your day, to change your thoughts, that's where it all begins. Um, one of my favorite quotes from my mentor, Wayne Dyer, he used to say, when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So how could you change waking up in the morning um, to a place of gratitude, perhaps, uh, to a place of planting new seeds of what you do want. It, it takes a bit of time. It's not going to be an instant like switch. I mean, if you've been chronically saying, oh, I don't want to get up in the morning for you know the last so many years of your life, this, this is going to be a bit of a shift for you. But um, my challenge to you without speaking to you live on the phone would be, uh, would you be willing, uh, starting tomorrow morning, to maybe even write it down, a little list before you go to bed tonight, the things that you at least want to be grateful for. And when you wake up in the morning, look at that list and, and read it out and feel it in your heart. And, and that will start setting up um, a new pattern for you. So that's my advice to you, Sarah. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> that's helpful to me. Um, one question okay. I have for you, Keith, is, yeah, <laughs> um, I have a question, Keith. Did you do a, a shorter morning routine before it became two hours? Yeah, I did, definitely. And just to preface on that, morning routines do not have to be two hours. Um, <laughs> That's why I asked. Mine, mine, is, mine is typically two hours because I integrate a full yoga practice. And I, this to me is, I, I think of it as part of my work at this point because I'm doing so much coaching and speaking and I need to be in a, a good state and a connected state. But no, I, I think like a five-minute practice in the morning um, is, is just as effective to start off. And this idea of carving out just even a little bit of time to, to drop out of our mundane, constant, regular routines, to get into a state of gratitude, to get into a state of silence and connected is so powerful. So another practice, first thing in the morning, if, if not the gratitude one, 
would be as soon as your feet hit the floor when you get out of bed, just just sit at the edge of your bed for a moment and take a couple of deep breaths and say the words out loud, thank you. Just thank you for for the fact that I'm here on the planet and for the fact that I'm breathing and for the day ahead. And even just as you're sitting there at the edge of the bed, just even just a couple of moments, just in your thoughts, just whoever I'm going to meet today, may they be blessed and may everybody get what they need. And including myself, may this be a day of just perfectly flowing. I find just setting up that space, that intention. Um, it's like the undercurrent that we've through all the doing. So to, to answer your question, I would say it's, um, yeah, it's a great question. It can be like a couple of seconds in the morning even can start this off. So that's super accessible. I think, I think Very. for me, and yeah, like for me, and I ask that because when I hear a two-hour practice, I think, oh, my God, there's no way I can ever do that. Um, and I just, but what I've learned and what I'm hearing from you is that it can be, it can be as simple as five minutes and it can be super accessible to everybody. So. Sure can. And the, the interesting, funny thing is, um, at first it's going to be like, wow, five minutes. I don't have time for five minutes. But if you really <laughs> commit to those five minutes, it actually becomes addicting in that you want it to be longer than five minutes. Uh, it's funny. Yeah. We, we don't tend to give ourselves permission to take time for ourselves. But just carving out a little bit of space every day, it, it's just the way to connect back to well, I like to think of it as our essential nature, the place we came from, the the creative space, the the place where all wisdom flows. So yeah, yeah. where books get written. What a great question! Yeah, that's where <laughs> books get written exactly, and the clarity comes too. So that's yeah. great. Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, hope that helps, Sarah. Um, mm-hmm. Next, let's see who else we have an email from here. Um, Let's see, John, no, let's, Monica. Monica has an email here. Uh, I am at a crossroads in my life. I just had my second child, and I'm wanting to stay at home with her full time, but I'm also feeling a pressure to return to work. Please help. Mm. Mm. Great question. It's Monica, is that right? Yeah, Monica. Yeah, okay. Wow, well, it's interesting that... um, that question's coming up. That's a really, again, another really common place for, for a lot of women that are in that crossroads between um, having babies and, and working. It's so mm-hmm. interesting. Um, what's coming up for me as I'm listening to that question is also on a bigger plane, the state of our world these days and the shifting that's taking place. Um, for those of you that are really into this, uh, it, it's interesting. We're moving into this collectively as a planet, this, this new way of being in the world, for the longest time, it's been, the world has been, in a sense, very masculine. And by masculine, I don't mean just all, just men. I mean, we all have feminine and masculine. But it's, it's been a real world of, um, of doing and taskless and do more, get more, be more. In, in fact, in a lot of ways, we're still in that kind of stream of, of really trying to accomplish as much as we can in this short period of time and make more money. And it's, it's interesting because there's, I'm not a woman, so I, 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 Chris, you might be better to answer this question, but I, I feel that there's so much pressure on women because this, this balance between um, dealing with that, that pressure of just being in the world and needing to 
make money and do more and get more and stand in your power. And then at the same time, on top of that, you know, that the maternal instincts of uh, all the way down to like feeding your, your child and caring for your child. And it's, um, it's, it's a really challenging place to be. So um, Mm -hmm. what comes up for me on that question is I'm not sure if, if she has a, a form of meditation practice, but if if you're in a state right now where you're you're debating whether you should go back to work or you should raise your children or maybe a combo of the two, um, in, in the mindfulness framework, there's a there's a principle all about um, tuning into being mindfully aware, and a lot of times questions like what you're asking about this work-life balance can really be consumed in our overthinking minds. And in mind fully aware, there's this interesting relationship between our thinking mind and our physical body. Like uh, I, I like to refer to that as, as the heart center in this particular way that I'm going to speak about it. But, but our whole physical body um, holds so much wisdom for us that a lot of times we don't listen to because we're so wired in that masculine thinking brain of accomplishing and doing more that that we don't tap in um but within each one of us whether you're male or female uh we all have uh, a conscious mind and we all have an unconscious body mind and i almost think of those two parts to us like um a relationship in itself like within us the the thinking mind part of us the conscious mind part of us I almost think of that as the male energy. Now, not it's not it doesn't have to be an actual man, but it's that male energy of doing, getting our tasks list done. Um, even these thoughts of should I go back to work or shouldn't I, and that kind of vacillating place, but wanting to get an answer. It's it's a real male energy, where the um, the unconscious mind, our body mind, including our heart, is more of that feminine energy in all of us. Doesn't matter whether you're a man or woman, and. In that feminine energy, this is the energy of, of beingness. Um, it's the energy of our emotions. It's actually the place where our creativity and our wisdom flows through. And if you think about it, I kind of think of it as like, you know how moms always know? Like moms always kind of have that sixth sense, like that intuitive sense. That's like our, our heart center, our body mind. And for so many of us, we're so wired because of the way the world's been in our masculine thinking brains this this place of um information like trying to get more information but really it's the body uh the body mind the the feminine intuitive in us that that holds our inspiration so um i guess to answer your question (laughs) i'm going the long way around but to answer your question an exercise that i found really helpful is to just close your eyes and to imagine that your thinking mind, which loves to talk, actually becomes the listener for a few moments, almost as if it was like a, a typical guy that's over-talking. It's like your, our minds tend to be like that. And it's, it's the invitation to that thinking mind to become a listener. And what is our mind listening to? Start listening to the sound of your breath, which actually is your body moving in and out with breath. And to take a hand and to just place your hand on your heart and just shifting your mind's focus, all of that focus onto your heart center, your hand on your heart. You can have your mind asking the heart center the question, 
what do I truly want here around going back to work or, or staying home and raising my, my baby? And if you listen, if your mind just gives it a couple seconds and listens, I can almost guarantee you in that stillness of listening, there's going to be an immediate intuition that pops up in you from, from that heart place. Uh, intuition typically is a sensation we feel, or it sometimes is just this inner knowing that goes deeper than that busy brain that's always talking. You'll know it. It's, it's almost, it's usually the first thing that pops up. It's, it's very intuitive and it'll inform you. So I guess in, in a short way of saying this, it would be listen to your heart, <laughs> but it's mm-hmm. deeper than just the cliche of listen to your heart. It's like, get your hand on your heart, close your eyes, take a few breaths, slow your thinking mind down and have the mind ask the heart in that relationship. What do you truly want from me right now? And then the piece that's really key here is once you get the intuition from your heart that pops up, the question becomes, will your mind, which is really the doer in that relationship, will your mind take action and trust what you heard in your intuitive heart? So many of us get fearful at that part and we shut down. So um, I would invite you even to call in uh, to the next show, Monica, so we can have a little or even email back and let us know how it went. But I would say that's really um, a place to go to, to get some wisdom around that one and um, to trust yourself the most here because that intuitive feminine part of you is going to know best what to do. And, um, yeah, any decision people are making that are listening, that they're making tough decisions, it, it, the answers are not going to be in your busy brain. The answers are going to come from your intuitive body wisdom. So that's all I can say on that one. Hopefully that's helpful. Yeah, that that's a great it's a great question, isn't it, Keith? That's it's so relevant of what so many people are dealing with right now. And it is that disconnect or divide that that we're going through. So as a woman that yeah. that was um that was great advice, Keith. Um that's something I've dealt with lots as a woman. It's in and, and as women I think in the age we've come from we've been trained to be in our masculine really easily, but being in the feminine mm-hmm. is a little more challenging. So that in yeah. my experience, that's taking some, that's taking some, I don't want to say work because it's not work, but it's taking some intention to learn to be there more. And, and the word that always comes to me when I'm in my feminine is, is feeling is is just there's a felt sense there. Mm. So, just in you saying that, I get a, a, a visual of, of you doing that. And yeah, um, in, in in the time that I've known you, Krista, too, like there's a there's a part of you that I really appreciate where you you're allowing yourself to move into that place of more peacefulness and trusting the flow. And how do you access that? Just I mean, this it might be helpful for Monica to hear that as well. Just your perspective on that? Yeah. Um, it's much the same as what you said. Um, for me, I, someone, a a teacher of mine once said that for me to go throughout life feeling more. So whether that was, you know, slowing down and feeling the ground underneath my feet or feeling the breeze outside, um, if, if I have to slow down enough to feel that, that's where I start to get connected and, know that I'm present to my feminine nature more. And, mm. and then there's a felt sense um, that I feel. 
So I know that I'm there, just like I know if what's coming up is from my mind or from my, my heart, we'll call it, there's a felt sense of where it's coming from. So once you get connected to that, you can't unconnect from that, is my experience. Mm. I love it. Well, and I'm just getting this vision as, as more women especially embrace that feminine, natural feminine-ness that you mm-hmm. have, and, and especially men too, any men listening to this call, I mean, the more we can learn to trust our intuitive um, selves, that, that feminine part of us, that the all-knowing, I just, I think that this shift is inevitable in the world and it's happening, you know, um, at this time where it's just extreme masculine from crazy male dominated governments happening south of us to, um, you know, we've got all this information bombarding us and all this technology and not just like, it's not from a sexist place that I'm saying this, it's just male energy. It's that dominant kind of, let's get this done there's going to be a shift and it's happening. And so the more of us that can embrace that intuitive feminine, this is why mindfulness is also so important right now. This practice is slowing down and getting into that more feminine part of who we are. It's, um, it's transformative and it not only will transform us, but it will, I have this vision that it's going to transform the world coming into balance. Yeah. So yeah, absolutely. Exciting, These are exciting times. Yeah. yeah. Very I exciting times. <laughs> yeah, totally. It's great. Okay, I, I, it'd be easy to stay in that question. We could talk there all night, but um, let's move oh, on. We could. Um, yeah, we have yeah, a bunch of emails great. here, so let's um, let's see here. We have uh, Gavin. Gavin has an email here, and Gavin says, "I've been dealing with anxiety and depression. I'm not sure how to kick this, and I don't want to go on medication. Do you have any suggestions on how to remedy this without medicine?" Thanks for your question, Gavin. That's um, that's really resonant and so timely. Uh, wow. I should preface before I get into this that um, my advice here is not medical advice. So it's uh, I don't want to discourage you from going on medication, but it is interesting that this is such a quick uh, way to remedy depression and anxiety in our culture it just you know i'll just prescribe you some medicine and and by the way all of the um side effects here that might make it even worse but take the medicine anyway it, it seems to be the approach for <laughs> our western world and um oh wow i'd like to say that the practice i'm going to come back to the practice of mindfulness here because i think that anxiety and depression is a result of actually what we were just talking about in the last call there or the last email there was, um, you know, we are so bombarded right now with so much noise and so much coming at us from the outside world. It, it can be really challenging um, to allow ourselves to feel and to be and to slow down and to check in with what's going on. Um, we're in a culture where, I don't know if you've noticed this, Chris, as well, but we're in a culture where we apologize almost immediately for a lot of us when we start crying, you know? The first thing we do when we start Mm -hmm. crying is we say, oh, I'm so sorry for crying. And if you think about it, our our emotions are one of the most natural parts of who we are. Our emotions, uh, the, the ancient Hawaiians said, emotions are energy in motion. And when those emotions flow through us, trying to inform us of what's actually going on, 
we're in a culture right now where we just stuff those emotions, the ones that are uncomfortable. So if you think about it, it's like emotions are like energy flowing. And um, when the energy's flowing and we make a conscious decision with that masculine thinking mind that says, don't cry, you can't cry right now, that energy gets dammed up in our body. And all of a sudden, mm. where does that energy go? It turns into inflammation. All of a sudden, I've got a tight chest or I've got butterflies in the stomach or my whole body just tightens up. And to me, this is really where anxiety and depression um, originates is in not allowing ourselves the space and the freedom to feel and express and to just really feel like we're safe. So... Um, how do we deal with anxiety and depression besides just medicating it and stuffing those emotions even more? Um, this is a really great uh, question, <laughs> and it's multi-dimensional mm-hmm. to answer. So I'm going to answer from my first intuition that pops up, and it says, um, Gavin, I would I would suggest perhaps maybe even considering um, working with uh, a professional coach or working with a professional counselor that might be able to hold the space for you to um, to dive a little deeper into what's going on under the surface in your life. Um, there's a very good chance that there's a part of you that's perhaps holding on to some unexplored or unresolved emotions that got trapped there. And to find somebody that you can work with to um, start exploring what's actually underneath the surface might be a really great place to start. And it's just my, my gut hearing your question um, without us talking on the phone. But uh, I also can offer you some, some great resources for, for coaching, uh, whether it's myself or there's actually a whole network of, of coaches available. And it's, it would be a matter of finding the right um, person to work with to help you move into a place of more awareness of what are those feelings that are getting stuck there. And, um, yeah, that might be a nice uh, alternative to just going and getting some medication. And I, I really love that you're, you're persisting on your quest to find uh, a remedy that besides medicating yourself. So hopefully in a little bit that I know about your situation, that's, that's helpful. And, um, yeah, I'll be sending you some prayers and some, some love as you work through that. So thank you for, for calling in and feel free to email me after the show too, if you want some resources, um, my emails, I actually will just say it at the end of the show. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Krista, these are powerful emails coming in. Wow. Yeah. You know, it's amazing about that. I mean, it's just amazing that, that I mean, it's a start just to reach out and ask the question. So it's a, it's a great vulnerable, you know, going back to our theme of vulnerability, it's great for Gavin to have brought that in. That's a, you know, it's probably a first step right there. So that's exciting. Yeah, yeah it does. It takes a lot of guts to step up and, and ask these kind of questions that are tender and whatnot. And, you know, it's interesting. I mean, this is only our first show together, so I know a lot of people aren't maybe familiar with this format yet, but we want to encourage people to um, to call in and uh, to take the risk of calling in. We, I purposely made this a, a radio show as opposed to a, a video blog show, um, so that you don't have to feel embarrassed to call in. I mean, heck, if you need to make up a fake name, it doesn't matter to me. I, I just want to, uh, <laughs> to help you if I can with, with what you're going through. So feel free to call in and, and ask your questions. Absolutely. And I'll, I'll give that number one more time in case people missed it. It's 
Krista, also maybe we should yeah. mention too, if people want to email their questions during the week, if um, they're not able to, to tune in live on our show, like um, the email as well is, uh, are we going to do the info one that we talked yeah. about? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, okay. It's info at keithmcpherson.ca. McPherson is M-A-C-P-H-E-R-S-O-N dot C-A. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, email away. Any questions, anything that's coming up that you want some uh, – some, I, I can actually do more coaching if you call in as opposed to just giving advice with your emails, but it's kind of hard to coach an email, I have to be honest. So I'm <laughs> just going with intuition on the emails, but it's uh, – it's yeah. really great to get these questions. Yeah. Well, you're great. I think we might have time um, for one more. Yeah. I, actually, I think we time have a really one great more. one next. Yeah. It, we have time for one more. Um, and this is a great okay. one here that, to leave people with. Um, Sonia emailed asking, how can I develop a mindfulness practice in my life? Mm. Good question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, there's a great book coming out later this year called Making Sense of Mindfulness. <laughs> so, Sonia, that might be a good place to start. And um, that book's going to be available as soon as April on my website. So, or you can wait till November of next, uh, coming up in late 2018. <laughs> go to your bookstore and pick it up. But um, or wow, until how do you then. develop a mindfulness? <laughs> until then, how do you develop a mindfulness practice in your life? Well, that's a really, really great question. Um, I'd like to suggest that mindfulness, it's very interesting because it's not a practice of just checking off a to-do list in a box. It's, um, mindfulness is a way of being in the world. And uh, Susan Kaiser Greenland probably summed up the definition of mindfulness the best for me, at least the most resonant for me. She said mindfulness is um, paying attention to yourself and others with kindness and compassion. And that's really where this whole thing starts. It's paying attention in the present moment to what are my thoughts? Um, what are my reactions? Uh, what am I doing right now? What's happening here in the present moment? You know, um, some of the, the greatest training that I've had is literally in the present moment, checking in and asking yourself, like, what's here right now for me? Who's here right now for me? Um, what are the feelings I'm feeling right now? What do I need more of in my life right now that would make this even more resonant? It's, it's tuning into the present moment. And um, it's, it's a quite a tricky thing, an obscure thing to, to convey by just saying that. But I would have to say, like, in a, in a, in a little bit of time we've got left, how do, you, how do you start a mindfulness practice? I would say this. I'll give you a challenge to start off. Um, for the rest of this week, see if you can cut your walking pace in half. So just take note of the typical pace that you would normally walk on a, a regular day. And there's a good chance that if you're asking a question about how do I bring more mindfulness into my life, your pace is probably quite quick. And just consciously, even try it for a day like tomorrow. See if you can consciously, underneath all you're doing, see if you can cut your walking pace in half of what you normally would, paying attention a little bit more to what's going on around you right now in this present moment, you know? Notice the smells. Notice any colors that you might not have seen if you were rushing through. Um, tune into the conversations you're having and show up more as a listener than a, an over-talker. Um, 
maybe take a moment at your meals tomorrow and slow down like even just half the pace you normally would eat your lunch. See if you can eat half the pace and don't have a cell phone and uh, the radio blaring in the background and checking your emails all at once. See if you can just do this one thing of eating your, your lunch <laughs> one bite at a time and tasting it. And at first that's going to feel really monotonous, but um, if you're wanting to begin this practice of mindfulness, one of the great things is the benefits of this are amazing. It's um, everything becomes more alive and conscious and intentional and it can really shift your life in a positive way. So that's just a little bit of what's coming up intuitively to answer how you start. I hope that's helpful. <laughs> that's beautiful. and so simple, Keith, really. It's just, it's just doing it. Exactly. Just doing it. Just being. Just being. Yeah, just, just being. It's beautiful. Exactly. Good, good, good place to be. <laughs> it is. It's a good place really. to be every Monday night. I love it. This is really going to be great. Absolutely. So, so we're getting towards the end here. Um, we're going to be coming back at you live next Monday, uh, 7.30 Central Standard Time. And uh, again, during the week, you're, you're, we'd love to hear from you. You can send in your questions um, that you'd like to, to get some support on. You can, um, yeah, any questions, would, we'd love to hear from you. And again, that's info at keithmcpherson.ca. Um, what else do we need to let them know before next week, Keith? Wow. Well, I think the first person that um, calls into our show officially, we, we'll, we will commit to sending them a free book. It's the first book that comes back in <laughs> April from the, from the publisher. So there's a little incentive to call in as well. I think that's important. To love say. it. And, love it. Yeah. This, this has been so great, Krista. I totally appreciate um, sharing this time with you on, on the air as well. And, um, and, and thank you to everyone that's tuning and listening now, or you can listen as well on the podcast version off uh, my website as well during the week. So, yeah. yeah. Awesome. It's, it's a, it's a pleasure. I learn so much every time we have a conversation, Keith. So your uh, insight is so valuable and, and appreciated. So, Thanks, Krista. Can't wait till next week. Yeah. Okay. Well, until yeah. then, have an awesome yeah. week, everyone. And, uh, We'll chat next Monday, 7.30 Central Time. All right. You guys Take care, everyone.